Yo, yo, what's going on, big dogs? Welcome into another episode of Adams Plus One. This episode features Amin Elwan. Amin is a multifaceted individual that has experience in international trade, co-founding a clothing line, and medical devices. This episode is a special edition episode as we shot it during our workout this past weekend. We discuss Amin's fitness journey, how to deal with very difficult situations and circumstances in life, 75 hard, and Amin fills in the audience with what's going on in the Middle East for those that may not know. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a share. Let's dive in. I never know sometimes like where to start out with. Because some days, 40s feel super light. Right. Other days, super heavy. Dude, it all depends. In the Army, we'd go on a mission. We'd come back. Mm-hmm. You hadn't trained in a month, right? Like yeah. You just been out on the field doing push-ups and curls. It was going to be a long-ass day when you grab the 45 to put on, and you're like, and you're like struggling. <laughs> you're, like, you're, like, you're like, damn, this, I'm going to be sore. I'm going to so be sore. I, I recently had that during a leg day where like I go, and I usually, you know, you're throwing around 45s. I grab the 45s, and I'm like, ah. I'm like, man, I don't think we're squatting two plates today. <laughs> when you think about it, you're like, dude, I have a hard time picking up one. Yeah. When there's two plus and the bar. And then plus the bar, like, nah. And then going down, not. Nah. So tell me this, though. When did you start lifting? 2018-2019. I want to say like end of 2018, beginning of 2019. And how old were you then? Because I know you're younger. Uh, it was 2019, so I was probably like, what, 22? Right? 2019 to 23 has been five years. Yeah. Yeah, so 22. What made you really want to get into the gym? And I think there's a big difference, and you know me pretty well. Yeah. There's a big difference between – and I'm still warming up. This is my last warm-up. You're good. There's a big difference between – like i'm exercising mm-hmm. and i'm training right yeah when when did you know like what got you into the gym to want to start really training um so to clarify that difference for me I, one i've always been an athlete so i've always played soccer i've always been pretty active so exercising or working out quote unquote was always pretty natural to me um but i want to say around 2019 i was going i was going through through some things where it's like i, I eventually i was kind of lost in life wasn't sure what I wanted to major in, knew uh, the path that I was going to take, but wasn't too like certain of it more, more so than anything else. And it was just one of those days where I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm not happy with myself. Like I had kind of, I had the money, I had moved out. I had kind of accomplished everything else that somebody at that age should have accomplished. And I was just, wasn't content with my physique. And for me, I've always been skinny. So I've always had people poke fun of Oh, you're anorexic, this, that, and the third. And it never bothered me. I was very confident in who I was and yeah. how I looked. Um, but yeah, that was just one one winter day. I looked in the mirror and I was like, yeah, man, we don't, we don't look good. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a good look for us right now. And uh, from there, it just became curiosity. And it became, like I said, it, it became a blend of getting put under people's wings yeah. and then from there just having that community of not having to deal with so we talked about it earlier most people deal with that anxiety of going to the gym and just being lost my entry into the gym was never really like that just because i had that group of people and then from there it just kind of fell into like it was a daily thing and then me and you got a lot closer and then it became okay how do we improve started going at 5 a.m started more structuring things yeah adding in supplements, adding in diet, focusing on food. I mean, I still struggle with food all the time. Yeah. I could eat more, yeah. but ultimately it's gotten to a point where the gym now for me is more of like a daily structural thing. Oh. And if I don't go, I'm like, something's missing. Something's, it's, it's part of your lifestyle yeah, now. Something, something's wrong. Definitely. Um, 
but yeah, I would say I would say 2019 is kind of the the, the period of time where uh, that changed for me. How would you say though, overall, now that you train, it's part of your lifestyle. Like, what would you say? How has it influenced your life? What's changed about your life since you started lifting? That's a good question. Um, I'd say overall confidence in myself. Yeah. Because I've I've always been a relatively confident individual, but more so I think it goes back to that. More so it goes back to showing up for yourself and understanding that self-discipline that going in and out every day brings to you, right? So like we talked about earlier, how after uh, 75 hard, the workouts haven't been the same for us, right? Yeah. Like, we go, but it's the pumps aren't the same. We we don't enjoy it as much. It's more of a like, oh shit, I have to go do this rather than... It does become a chore. Yeah. Because you have two of them. Yes. Yeah, right. But then after the fact, like you almost feel burnt out because of that two days every single day for 75 days. And so for me, realizing that is like, even though... I feel burnt out about it, I still show up, Yeah. right? And that to me is like, okay, well, if you can do that and you can show up on something that you don't really want to go to, then you can do that for other things of your life, whether it's studying, improving in work, expanding knowledge. Being a better friend. Being a better friend, being yeah. a better son, being whatever supportive. it is. Like, exactly. There's a thing that a friend wants you to go to, but you're like, I really yeah. don't, I'm tired. Oh, I don't want to do that. But you got to do it because it's important. Anyway. Yeah. Right? And you're committed to it. Yes, exactly. And And so... <laughs> For me, that's more more of what it what ha, what it has become for me is that like it's shown me that whether you like it or not, you have to do this. You have to do it, man. So go do it. And yeah. something that it, it becomes like like brushing your teeth, man. Like you got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so for me, something that uh, I actually talked to somebody this earlier this week about it. He's like, you. He's like, this is an investment for your fifty year old self. Exactly. When you don't feel like squatting and your knees hurt. And this hurts. Imagine when you're 50 and you didn't do all of this now. You didn't put the investment in. Exactly. So imagine when you go to, at 50 years old, you go to pick something up off of the floor and your knees are bucking <laughs> and talking back to you. Well, if you did that when you were 25 and 30, maybe yeah. it wouldn't be to that extent, you know? Yeah. I agree with so. that. I love that, man. What is your, uh, what is your favorite uh, chest workout to do? I know we're doing incline dumbbell. Usually I've been doing barbell a lot lately. Right. I wanted to do dumbbell because I love being by the rack. Yeah. Kind of switch it up. Do it first. So for me, it's been this, and uh, which is inclined dumbbell, and um, flies. Flies, okay. So I'll do a fly set where instead of doing a pec deck, I'll take a regular bench. I'll go set it up by the fly machine, and I'll put half of a, a foam roller. Yeah. And so then that way I got a lot more depth. Hell yeah. And that has been like, flies have been... We might toss those in today. Though. Yeah, we have flies have been a fun time for me for sure. Hell yeah. All right, six here. Let's go. 15-6 and then 15-6. Yes, After this, probably not doing what I did for 15, but we're going to push. <laughs> we're going to make the most out of it. Let's go. Oh. I still always have to end up using these stinky straps, but <laughs> it is what it is. Oh, I love the straps. Oh, yeah. Man. Probably best. Makes for a good time. Need to get a new pair. But... What about you, man? What's been your favorite aside from, from flies? Dude, or, uh... probably because of Sam Sulek. Doing all the damn... I love him, too. I love that kid. Oh, that's why I got the mic right here <laughs> for Sam. But it's probably incline barbell or the incline Smith machine, bro. Here. Hmm. Now, if I was at a gym and I could create my own... Remember, Peak had that that lying down flat bench, plate-loaded. Plate-loaded. Yes, yes, they don't, have it, they don't have it anymore. They don't have it anymore. The three-level. I mean, I would get the best stretch in my chest. 
Yeah. On the eccentric? G put me onto it. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I don't, even flat, I don't even do flat barbell much anymore, but really? I would do that all the time. Yeah. I haven't done, I think the last time I've honestly done a flat dumbbell or a barbell bench press was with you and Ben. Yeah. I think you, Ben, and Subri was probably the last time I ever did it. It's really rough on the shoulder. Yeah, and my shoulders cannot. I'd rather do this. I'd rather do incline. I like incline barbell a lot. Yeah, especially on the Smith. Hell yeah. Let's get a good six. Let's go. Everybody pause on the podcast while my man crushes his weight. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> Whew, that's crisp. Let's go. Last one. Come on. Control it. Explode. Good shit, bro. If you could train at any time of the day, we talked earlier. What time? If you Okay, rest okay. of your life. All right. You can only go at one time. And right? I have full autonomy in my day? Yeah, you have full autonomy in your day. Okay. And, and you get to go at this time. Obviously, you can go as long as you want. Like, if, whenever you get there, yeah. you could go two, three hours. But you have to train at that time every day. What time are you training for the rest of your life? I'll give myself a window. Yeah, I'll say from, like, 11 to 1. 11 to 1. 11 to 1. Like, perfect timing would be, like, I get to the gym at 12, finish warming up by 12.15. I'm starting my first workout by, like, 12.20. Exactly, yeah. And then I'm out by, like, 2 o'clock max. That, that to me would be the ultimate workout structure or workout timing. Um, obviously with responsibilities of the day, I used to train really late at night for a while. And then me and you talked and you were like, start going at five. <laughs> See how it changes your life. Um, and I did, I, I, I've honestly went at 5 a.m. for almost two years, three years. Yeah. And then very recently due to like my daily structure, I moved it to around like 11 o'clock or something. Yeah. yeah been working out yeah no no reason to be rigid i love that man i love it what what brand of clothes do you recommend to people that might be like hey i want to look good in the gym but also like good for comfort and training i know you're a big into fashion yeah you're big into you have great style Appreciate that. and you know what comfort like you know you yeah. can really for example you could be a good you are a good critic of clothing brands you, yeah. you've had one so yeah for sure what would you tell someone like i walk up to you and i'm like damn i mean you look good where should i where would i get the best 200 spent for some gym clothes. Fair enough. So for me, like if you were to ask me this probably a year ago, I tell you all the like I tell you go to Dark Sport, I tell you go, you know, uh Kill Crew, Anaka, like all these different brands and kind of ride that wave of stuff. Honestly, lately for me, for because it's all the same, man. Like it's all wholesale the same. It's just somebody put their name on it yep. and charged you a fifty dollar premium on it. Um so for me lately, honestly, like I'll go to like Costco or like Sam's Club. And I'll get the shout out Sam's Club for that. <laughs> <laughs> made my made by yours truly. But like honestly, it's that like because you're in the gym, you're gonna sweat. Like yeah, you're you want to look at a black tee, a, any solid T-shirt, pair of sweats. You know, you get whether Nike blazers, whatever shoe you feel comfortable in. Yeah. Whatever you feel comfortable in, ultimately, because it's you the one that's gonna show up for yourself. And if you look good and you feel good in that, your workout's gonna be that much better. Exactly. Right. right. But if you go and you put on an over oversized shirt and you feel super tiny in it no matter how great your pump is you're still going to feel tiny right. so it's like yeah. that's just that's just the way that i've been looking at it lately um but but yeah man i mean there are some amazing brands out there undefined is definitely one of them yeah i, love, I have one of his oversized t-shirts i was gonna wear it today i, was I love like, it man, we should we should definitely match we'll, it. Should. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do it for you Ace. next time <laughs> nice bam let's go that's a great set that's a great set, man. Honestly, I lost count. Oh, I, I, count, I counted 15. <laughs> Once I was like, oh, he's counting thirds. We're good. I'll just wait till he gives me the final. <laughs> I was like, it is what it is. 
but I'm the same way. I break down my sets in, into like if it's 15, I have 5, 10, 15, For sure. and then I reset it into into something else. But yeah, I'm gonna go off the mirror if that's cool. Yeah, I think that'll look tight. Yeah. What's your favorite muscle group to train of the week? You could train any muscle group tomorrow. You're fresh back. after this chest workout. Back. Back, back day. I know. You know how I know back that. Day. I love back. You know how I know that's back. First thing you said to me when we got here, I'm warming up for chest day. Hey, we're gonna do pull-ups, man. I got to. We're gonna do pull-ups. But there. honestly, I learned that from you. But you should, you should yeah, do back. I learned right? that from you, where it's like you gotta, because it was that, and I think it was when we did shoulders once. Typically, I always start with I go front medial yeah. and, or anterior medial posterior, right? Yeah. And we started, and you were like, "You got to warm up rear delt first. What do you, you do? Yeah. You got to warm up your stabilizers. Yeah. Yeah. And then so after that, it was kind of. How I how I started structuring things. I'm over here teasing you about doing back. I did some lap hold on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm gonna go up because I got 100 for six. Yeah. Might not get 105 for six after no, this is a this is a, but if we're gonna really be intense and push ourselves, yeah. let's push ourselves. Yeah. Because I got 100. Might need help here. Good. You need lift off. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I do. Let's do it. You can do wrist or elbow. Just let me whatever. Know. Whatever is your. Do my elbows because I'm wearing a watch. Thank you for coming on the podcast, by the yeah, way. Appreciate hey, by the way, that. I want everyone to know this was a means idea to do wow. all-in-one podcast lifting. We love it. Sur- surround you yourself with people that will make you better. This is something that's going to make me better. Mm-hmm. Produce some better content. With con- like, I want to make good content, but I want it to be authentic, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I like Sam and a lot of people do because you got a tripod, a microphone, nothing special, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because his training is great, right? Yeah. And he's relatable. Like, I want to make relatable stuff. Mm-hmm. But anytime you see stuff that you think is good, or a good idea, always want it. Exactly. No, and, and more so than anything else, just to piggyback off of Sam and, and why yeah. we enjoy. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's, it's it's transparency. Yeah. Like as long as you give the audience something to relate to, and like, yeah, some people are kind of iffy on showing that side of their life, but ultimately yeah. that's the only way you're gonna have that emotional connection. Exactly. Yeah. People seeing you be real as fuck. Yeah. Are you ready? Let's go. Oh yeah. See, we could have got six and a hundred, <laughs> or we can get five there and one assisted. A little sore for baby. <laughs> All right. Smith Machine next. You ready? Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Let's get to it. I know you've went through something this past year that's much more difficult than someone at your age really wants to go through or yeah. expects to go through. I know. I think you're comfortable talking about yeah, it. Yeah. I'll get a lot out of it. Listeners yeah. will get a lot out of it. Yeah, for it's sure. Very relatable. For sure. Um, so for those of you that don't know me, uh, my father passed away back in uh, June of 2023. Um, it wasn't. Uh, so, so the thing I think that. As as backstory, my father dealt with cancer for yeah. uh, from August of 2021, and he went through a bunch of procedures, went through chemo, all that stuff. We thought he was in the clear, and then uh, I want to say six months after he was cleared from chemo, we found a, a small cyst. He went in for radiation. We thought things were getting better. He was more tired, but we just thought that was the effects of chemo because everything else he was doing well. Um, and then through that... I, I don't know, man. I think I think if we pay attention to the signs that God gives us and the way that our mental is framed, especially in specific portions of our life, okay. we kind of can see things coming. So for me, from what I've gathered from other people, I dealt very well with my father's death. I mean, I'm still dealing with it. There's, there's definitely sure. still things that hit you later on. Um, but six, I want to say three months prior to my dad passing, I had this itching feeling that, like my dad was 80 years old, you know, he lived a beautiful life, he, he lived a full life. And so for me being a, a being growing up, knowing that my father was older than most, I always had that, like, I knew I was going to deal with that before a lot of other people in my life. Yeah. Um, so like three months before my father passed, 
I had a lot of internal conversations of like, and me and you have had these conversations yeah. of like, all right, how do I take care of the family after that? Yeah. How do I set myself up as a man to be able to take on the responsibilities that he held the household with? Yeah. And it was a lot of that for me of like, how do, how do I essentially fill the void in the household after he's gone? Yeah. Um, and so when, when it came time to him passing, uh, I vividly remember, so he went into the hospital like on Thursday and and we thought it was just a routine hospital visit. It was normal for my dad to go to the hospital, especially dealing with ke uh, chemo and stuff like that. Um, so I always, I thought it was a routine hospital visit. I thought by Monday he'll be out. I think he went in Thursday by Friday afternoon. The conversation was weeks to months yeah. of like, this is what he has to live. Right. By like Saturday afternoon, it was like days to weeks. And then I think by Sunday afternoon, it was like he's got like a couple days to a week. Like it went such such dramatic. Oh, so, such a quick. Right. And for shift. me, uh, for me, like knowing my father, very optimistic and individual. Yeah. And I carry a lot of that from for him. Sure. Like trying to be as positive as possible throughout the circumstances. And so in those times, I had a whole bunch of family come. And definitely fam family being around relieved a lot of resp responsibility off of me. But also at the same time, I knew I had to be strong for the family around me because they knew I was my dad's pillar. Yeah. And if he shook and I shook, the whole house was falling down. There was there was no we were the balance in the family. Yeah. And so in that time, like I vividly remember like going to the hospital and like people were telling me you have to process your emotions. You have to, you know, let things out. You have to talk about things in the rut of things. I'm sure you can relate. Like yeah. we're not the type to really dwell on it. We'll dwell on it after the fact. Um, so I vividly remember portions of being in the hospital for, for that weekend where like I would go to the bathroom and I wouldn't cry or anything like that, but I would sit down in that quiet and just really look at myself in the mirror and sit there and, and quiet and be like, all right, it's your turn. You got to hold the responsibility. Yeah. Now's not the time to cry about things. Things haven't happened yet. We don't know where things are going to go. You have to be as positive as possible and you have to be there for whoever needs it, whether it's your mom, your father, um, your cousins, your uncles, whatever needs to get done you need to get it done without having that like complacency or that um it's a it's very much a survivor's mindset yeah, mindset, yeah no survivor ultimately right. like now's not the time yeah it's literally i would go into the bathroom i would feel some type of way and i would look at myself and be like now's not the time yeah we have things to do things need to get done you need to be there for the people you love get up and let's go for sure um and and i definitely think it's one of those things where it's fight or flight because there's there was things after that you stay right there yeah you go yeah where there was things after that where I'm out of 45, just say that. No, you're good. Keep going. Keep talking. Um, where it was things after that where I was like, you know what? Like, I need to get back in that mindset. And I think that's very much where, um, for example, 75 hard came into play. Where it was like after that complacency of my father's passing, it almost felt like, okay, now for real, all this weight is on my shoulder. Like, he's gone now. Yeah. This is your responsibility. How do we move from here? Yeah. And there was a lot of things that I had never navigated before, like dealing with the house's mortgage or dealing with the bills or dealing with uh, how to set things up for funerals, how to set things up for visitations, all this stuff. Happens it's, quick, too. Happens very quick. It's happened and, fast. and luckily, I had people around me to kind of guide me through that. Yeah. But even after the fact, nobody talks to you because everybody during the moment is, hey, if you need anything, I'm right here. If you need anything, I'm going to call away. Yeah. Those calls after the first week, Stop coming. Who calls you every month to check up on you? You know what I mean? The people that are legit, yes. they'll call you every month. Exactly. They'll reach out like every, you're right. They're just checking in. And, checking and, in. So the and, way, and guess what? That's not a fault of those people. No, exactly. And so for me, I took from that and I was like, okay, 
yeah, I was my father's son, but my father had brothers. I have uncles. Right. They lost somebody. I knew my father for 27 years. They knew that man for 60, 70 years, as long as they've been alive, right? So it's like I can't keep expecting people to check up on me when I'm not checking up on other people that were affected by the same thing. Yep. Um, and I think that's where I, my mindset shifted later on after my father's passing. Um, and that's really what, what has been kind of like sticking through with me is like showing up. Because oh, one yeah. thing about my father after his passing was like everybody would come up to me. Oh, that's a great guy. Your father did this. Your father did that. Your father helped me in this situation. He got me out of this situation. And it was like we go back to the conversation we had when we were warming up. What do you want people to say about you when you walk in the room? How do you want that conversation? Look what they're saying about your dad, right? Thank you for sharing that, number one. That's not easy to talk about. I do think it's important, though. I know you will if you're not already. Mm -hmm. I think this is it, too. This helps, I I would imagine. Yeah. Is is to get closure. And I I don't know. Do you feel like that's something you're working on? Do you feel like you're – are you holding things in right now? Like, what stage are you at? I think – I think because of the way my father died. So this is this is something that a lot of people told me, right? Like especially going through. And I think this is a testament to the people that you have around you. So I told you leading up to my father's death that weekend, everybody's coming up to me like, "Hey, you need to let things out. You need to talk about things. You need to you need to you can't hold it in, right?" Right. And so for me, my father passed away um Monday morning. I want to say 9:45, 9:30ish. We got to the hospital because we got a call at like five in the morning that he had um, he had went um, that he had gone into AFib. He was uh, high. What is it? He had elevated heart rate essentially. Um, uh, he was tachycardic, and then so going off of that, like fight or flight, right? Get everybody ready. Go to the hospital. Whatever. I vividly remember, like, hey, this is. This is it. Like I looked at my father, he looked at me and he was like, you know, you know where we're at. Um, I immediately went into one of the guest rooms, um, like one of the lobby rooms. I called my friend Rodney. Mind you, Rodney's in Peoria about three and a half hours away in med school. Called him at like seven in the morning. Called him. He's like just waking up. He's like, what's going on, right? And I'm like, yo, it's not looking good. We're at this stage, whatever. And as soon as he answered and was like, what's going on? As soon as he was alert to kind of what the environment was, I just let it all out. Just sobbed, right? And I didn't expect anything of it. I was just like, tell the guys, right? Like, we all have a group of three, four friends. I was like, tell the guys, I'm going to need them here in the next couple of days. Yeah. Mind you, I had, he lived, he was in Peoria at the time. I have a friend that lived in Ohio. And then I had a friend that's in a conference in Florida for work. And another friend that's in Waukegan. Yeah. These guys are like my brothers. Yeah. And I didn't expect anything of it, right? I just kind of said what I said, and I was like, I got to go. I got to make sure he's good. He passed 945. Rodney was at the doorstep of the, of the um, hospital room by 1015. He got there. Yeah, he got, he got there, the right? And I didn't even say, hey, come, right? right? And it was that sense of thing. So to, to answer your question on the closure, my father died at – it's hard to kind of explain, but my father passed away on his terms. Right. Like, yeah, it wasn't his choice that he had got cancer. It wasn't his choice that it had spread. But we always offered him that that option of comfort. Right. right? And it got to the point where the medicine, the adrenaline medicine wasn't keeping it was getting to a point where it was going to cause effect, uh, an effect on his 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 organs and things of that nature. Um, so then. 
we me and my me and my cousin who's a doctor uh he's an er doc had the conversation with him on thursday and i was i was his uh, nda like i'm his power of attorney yeah uh, or sorry not nda but power of attorney and so it's my decision ultimately to pull the plug you know for lack of better terms and i remember he sat us all down we're probably like the room's only supposed to have two two people in it we're 25 people in this room right? <laughs> and he looks at all of us he's like i mean go get the nurse i'm ready he said he you know gave his like his passing of like please forgive me he talked to the people that he needed to talk to he he gave his regards he gave his promises he asked people to look after certain things for him and it was on his term he was like i'm ready he's okay. like i'm ready to meet my lord so for me in terms of closure uh, if, if somebody goes out and like he yeah. had the most peaceful like you could you could write a movie about the way that he passed <laughs> right. right and for me to know that he died with contentment in his heart and he was ready to leave what closure could I ask for? He, he, he got his own closure. Yeah. Right, he, right. he made his peace with the world. And so what can I ask for? For sure. And so for me, that's like, a great perspective. Yeah. Right? Like for me, it's like, okay, if he died in that sense, I'm upset for what? Right. Well, yeah, does it hurt? Do I miss my dad? Of course. Like I vividly remember people telling me that, hey, your life is going to change from here on out. And I didn't really understand it because, again, I had dealt with my dad being in and out of the hospital since I was a little kid. So it wasn't anything right. new to me. Um, and I vividly remember. My dad would always tie my ties for events, right? Yeah. It was he was like, when, when are you gonna learn? When are you gonna learn? <laughs> I was like, when you stop doing it, so I, I think I was watching uh, something on Netflix, and the scene came in where it's like it's the father tying the tie for the son, and I lost it for sure. I lost it. I absolutely like, and and people told me they were like, there's something, something's gonna click where you just absolutely lose it. And it was one of those moments I had finally went back to my apartment in Chicago. I was finally alone. No family was around. Nobody was around. And I had flipped through whatever series I was watching. And that's the scene that comes up. Wow. And it's hard for you not A to. A scene that you would you might have thought of. Like, oh, that my dad has my tie. Yeah. Before, right? Nothing, nothing wouldn't, that deep. Wouldn't, yeah. Uh, and it hit and it, it wiped me through. So that was the first time where I actually just like, aside from calling my friend. Yeah. And just let everything out. Um, but I think since then. It's been more so in sense, instead of a sense of closure, it's been more so a sense of like, people are going to remember, remember your last name. Yeah. So now it's a sense of purpose, right? Yeah. On like, how do I act? Because I'm still Andy's son or Nay's son, right? right? Like I'm still, that's still your father, even though he's not on this earth. So when you get, when you do something bad, it goes back to, especially in our culture. Oh, Very that's the son of. The son of so-and-so. Yeah. So now it's, okay, anything that gets talked about. Yeah. make sure it's you're carrying good. a legacy yeah, yeah you're carrying Torch. somebody else's name right now sure. so and and that's what it's always become for me after oh, the fact okay. yeah bro some people will say they don't they don't like the smith machine they think it's weird I used all to my it. favorite bodybuilders use it in some way I it's not like compound it. but after dumbbell or free weight i like to talk to it go ahead yeah no this used to i used to hate it and then i don't know I, it might have been you there's a lot of influence <laughs> from <before this. laughs> and then also man i want to i want to thank you too for like really opening up about your dad i know that is a sensitive subject being honest and open that's what we're yeah. about here at the yeah, plus one always man. So thank you for that always six six twelve twelve all right cool that's a really good ben, that's a great reference but this time it's six six at least not six twelve yeah six so. six twelve twelve cool but you always like your six and your twelves six i don't never it's never like eight fifteen <laughs> it's always like six twelve <laughs> always i have this arm workout from you from back in like 2020 where it goes it goes I think it goes six 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 eight eight twelve twelve twelve, and then go back down to six or something. Yeah, something like that. And it's like, I'm like this fucking guy. <laughs> you know what's awesome? A good friend of mine sent me a workout 
And she was like, it was from 2017. Uh-huh. And she's like, I just pulled this tri arm was an arm or tricep or shoulder workout. I think out. it was a full. I, you probably sent me the same she one. Goes, she goes, this is a banger. I haven't done it in like five years. Best thing about workouts, dude, they don't go old. They don't. If you wait two months, you can do the same workout again. Dude, it's gonna be so, good. So what, what I've been doing for the last year, I got this free, uh, free like workout plan. It's like Seabum's chest workout, Love right? Seabum, and it's like a full. It's a three month workout plan, and each month is it's like it's a four week section of the chest so like first month is like upper second month is like middle chest third month is to get the outer and i've just been cycling that thing every three months i cycle through it every three months you know so it's like i don't have to think about it anymore if you have a chance send me send me some of it i got i'm just i'd love to see i got you actually if you saw i posted a reel of me doing shoulder press off of the rack seated yeah Dude, I stole it from him on TikTok. A quick TikTok of him. Yeah. I was like, dude, seated barbell. It dies at the he rack. Used to, he used to do it, and, and we can't do it, but like, he used to put it leaned up against the side of the rack, and he would just grind up and onto oh, the rack. Smart as hell. So he wouldn't have to stabilize. It's just moving the weight up and down, almost like a smith. You know what's crazy? Hmm. I didn't do it for shoulders, but in Arkansas, you could do that. I actually squatted like that, grinding just against. So I was I was squatting, but I was kind of leaning forward a little mm-hmm. bit, not like over my yeah, shoulder, yeah. but dude. Like a smith, but free yeah. weight? Yeah. That's smart as hell. So he would just grind it up. So if you look, I don't know if you, he probably still goes to Revive. But if you look at Revive's barbells or uh, squat racks, on the side of it, it's all like, they're black bar, uh, squat racks. But, but they're, they're all grinded out right here. We Honestly, if we took these <laughs> off, no one was here. We could do yeah, that. Yeah, just, yeah. but I mean, you could. I'm too tall. <laughs> you don't think, what if you're seated? What if you're seated? No, seated for sure. Yeah, that, for that's sure. how I would yeah, do it. Yeah. I would do it seated too. I would like to transition a little bit. You did 75 hard. I've done 75 hard. Just give me kind of like high level, biggest takeaways, something that you really took away from it in a positive, and then what was your biggest challenge? Okay. Um, I think for me, and, and, and I had this conversation with a lot of people uh, prior, I, I think the things that 75 Hard, and you can attest to this too, just the way that we've always lived our lives prior to doing 75 Hard, it, it was things that were always in a daily basis for us, right? So working out, it's part of our daily structure. Um, reading pretty much we've always kind of done maybe not on a daily basis but we're always seeking some sort of knowledge and then I mean the rest of it I'll I'll say this so your question was what was the biggest takeaways what was the hardest things and what what did I enjoy essentially right so I'll start with what was the biggest positive that you got from 75 hard and then what was the biggest challenge on a daily basis for me for example Mm -hmm. I thought going in water was going to be the hardest thing Mm -hmm. not bad I think the hardest thing ended up being the second workout, even though it was as simple as going for a walk. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Like yeah. there were days, man, I'm sitting on the couch. I'm like, I mean, I'm going to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do it. Is it hard to go for a 45 minute walk? No, no. I swear though. I felt like the but walk- it's like, it's, it's, it's the fact that you got to like, so, uh, cause a lot of us, I think we structured at least the way that I structured it. A lot of the times my, my workouts, my outdoor workouts, especially if I was walking was towards the end of my day. So it's like, you get home from work, you eat, you do all this stuff. It's raining outside. You're like, man, I don't want to go outside and walk. Like, I, like, I don't want to do that. It's so, hot. You're sweating. Right. So for me, and I, and I, granted, you, I did it in the city. So for me to go walking isn't me going to the park. I got to go walk in the midst of this chaos outside. <laughs> and, and, I'm out there in the farmland. Yeah, I walk into the park with your girlfriend playing football. <laughs> and I'm over here. I'm over here in concrete jungle. Like, like, 
For me, I did it in two ways because not many people know this, and I didn't even realize this about myself till after 75 hard, or till I really in the middle of 75 hard. I don't want to say I have social anxiety, but there is a form of anxiety that I, I don't want to say deal. It, you get nervous, man. At, at a certain point, even when we talk about newbies coming into the gym, there's mm -hmm. that sense of nerve, right? So to see somebody running around when it's raining outside in shitty weather, everybody's kind of staring at you like, what are you doing? But after that initial like, all right, put in the headphones and let's go. Once that song starts, yeah. you're oblivious to the world. Oh, yeah. And for the first week or so, I would always try and see if somebody could go outside and walk with me. Yeah. Somebody could go do my outdoor with me. Yeah. And eventually, you get two birds, one stone, right? Right. So eventually it got to the someone. point where I'm like, why am I waiting on somebody to do something? They didn't sign up for it. I signed up for it. Let's get up and go. Oh, yeah. And so I think that was the biggest takeaway and also the hardest thing that I dealt with in 75 Hard is one, realizing that you can't wait on people to do the things that you need to do, right? Because they have no benefit of doing this. No. This is on you. You signed up for it. And then two, it's like, get out of your own way. You know what you got to do. Go do it. You'll be happy about it after you're done. And that's always what it was. Like, and, and I started to make challenges of it. Like, okay, if it's raining outside, we're running. We're not walking. Who wants to walk in the rain, right? Like, let's put on, put on your running shoes. Let's go see if we can hit a 5K. Hell yeah, dude. And just put on a good song, whatever it is. Good for you. And eventually, like, when it was good weather and I didn't feel like running or I didn't go play soccer or whatever, and that was a big thing. It took me back to the person that I was before. So for me, I should say I did 75 hard right after my father passed. And it was something that I felt I needed to do before my father passed in order to set myself up to deal with those responsibilities of my father passing. But what ended up happening is I ended up doing it after the fact. And it sent me back to a lot of things that my inner child used to heal from a lot of things. So for me, playing soccer was, was my entire life going yeah. on. Big I, part didn't, of your life. I didn't need to talk to anybody about my problems. I didn't need to go to anybody about my problems. Just give me a ball, give me some headphones, and give me an empty parking Simplicity. lot. Simplicity. Like, you don't even got to give me a soccer field. Give me an no. empty parking lot. I will make do, right? And so it became a lot of that where it's like, okay. I didn't feel like going on a run. I didn't feel like going on a walk. I got a lot on my mind. I'm still thinking about my dad. All right, grab the soccer ball, grab the cleats. Let's go to the nearest field. Let's go to the nearest open lot. Juggle. 45 minutes. 45 minutes half the time would turn into two hours, and I wouldn't even realize it. You wouldn't even it. notice it. Yeah. I wouldn't even notice it. So um, I think that was the biggest thing for me that it helped me is, like, it helped me get out of my own way in a sense. And it also, too, like, made me realize that nobody's going to do anything for you. Good for you. You got to do you. it. Yeah. You got to show up for yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah you got to show up for yourself oh, yeah. ultimately at the end of the day. Definitely. Um, good shit. Yeah. Good shit, man. Well, I'm happy you did 75 hard. Yeah, man. Proud of you for doing it. So we've talked about a lot. One thing that I've been kind of wanting someone to come on, one of my friends to talk about <clears throat> is what's going on in the Middle East. And we talked about that a second ago. But now I just want you to give, you gave a great analogy earlier. Yeah. You're talking to me, someone that's really not educated. Again, someone listening that really doesn't understand what's going on in the Middle East, but would want to know. Why don't you give that same analogy? I thought it was very on point. Yeah, so like anything, I'm sure as you guys noticed throughout this podcast, I like to give a little little bit of background. Um, so for me, I was born in the Middle East. I was born in Jerusalem, um, have Palestinian citizenship. Um, it definitely sucks trying to go back just because the way that we're able to go back, we can't fly directly into Palestine. Um, we, have to, we have to fly into Jordan and then cross Jordan via border, via bus which is only like a three to five mile distance, but it's something that we have to leave Jordan at six in the morning in order to get into Palestine by like three o'clock, four o'clock that next day. Oh yeah. Got right. Or that same day. Got you. Um, 
So relative to what's going on back home, for those that don't have much knowledge or much experience or haven't done really their research, the best analogy I can give is imagine, imagine a neighbor's house burns down or something happens to a neighbor's house and they come in and they ask you, hey, like say for example, let's, let's do it in this role. Adam, my house burnt down, man. You mind if I crash on your couch for a couple weeks? Right, and I let you. And you let me. Yep. A couple weeks turns into a month. Month turns into a month and a half, almost two. You're kind of, if you're not getting annoyed, Katie's getting a little annoyed. Yeah. She's like, why, why is this guy on the couch? I can't enjoy, you can't enjoy football. She can't enjoy your shows, whatever right. it is. Yeah. So you pull me aside and you're like, hey, buddy, like, what's going on? Are you find your place? Are you staying here? Um, I look at you very blatantly. Tell you, sorry, man, this is my place now. Right? Yeah. Um, we get in a fight because obviously this is your house. You're going to protect your house. You clearly have to sneak up and attack me because yeah. there's no, yeah, there's no way, right? I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> there's no, you're going to have fun if we're doing it now. It's just clock <laughs> in the basement. You know, it is what it is, right? <laughs> now, now, at this point in the stage, it's been two months in, Katie and, and, uh, and, uh, and Adam live, live, in, live in the basement, right? I've, I've put them in the basement now, right? And they can't get out. They can't get their food. They can't get their water. They can't check their mail. They can't go for a walk. They can't leave that basement without my say-so, yeah. right? Now, put yourself in Adam's shoes, right? What do you do? How long do you stay in that basement before you're like, I'm taking my goddamn house back, right? right? Now, mind you, people will come and tell you, oh, well, we've tried negotiated, or the Israelis tried negotiating with the Palestinians, and they had multiple attempts for peace treaties and giving them their own sovereignty on land. Okay, let's play that role within this situation. Say you come up to me, and I was like, and I come up to you, and we sit down at the dinner table, and I'm like, you know what, Adam? You're right. You sitting in the basement isn't right. Tell you what. I'm going to give you the first floor of your house, but everything else in your house is mine. Shit. Right? So you get 25% of your house that you pay the mortgage on, that you pay the bills on, that you cultivated, that you took care of, that you rebuilt. Right? Are you okay with taking 25% of 100 when it's 100, supposedly supposed to be 100% yours? No one would be, right? No one would no. be. And, and in essence, nobody would be, right? Nobody should be. Nobody right. should be, right? Yeah. And so that's really what it comes down to where, when it comes down to Israelis and Palestinians. Prior to 1940, and there's, there's a long historical, uh, um, I don't even say conflict because it's not a conflict. You're, 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 you have a military superpower fighting teenagers and kids and orphans with makeshift guns, rocks, whatever they can get their hands on in order to defend their own people. And then I'll put it in another way. Say, for example, these people to the world are peacemakers, right? That's what they claim themselves to be. We're, we're here for peace. We don't want any violence. We don't want to do anything. If you watched your cousin, your uncle, your father, uh, your best friend, your, your family's friends, everybody that you knew died at the hands of these people. How does peace look in that conversation? What, what is peace at that conversation? Because you've decimated everything that that man has known and loved. And now you're sitting there going to him like, here's a slice of pie when you should have the whole thing. Right. It doesn't equate. It doesn't right. translate. You can't fill that void. And in all honesty, people will, will sit there and how do I say this? In, in, I want to be as politically correct as possible here. But in a sense, like, you can't, we've all lived peacefully in that land at one point or another, right? But the conflict and, and the wrongdoing of a certain people happened after a certain period. Yeah. So if, like, we're going back and we're like, okay, October 7th, 
right? October 7th was wrong. What happened on October 7th was horrible. 100% correct, right. right? But what caused October 7th to happen? How much, how much did those people go through being cut off from the world, being cut off from their own people? Imagine, imagine I live in Gaza, you live in Jerusalem. The distance between the two isn't more than two hours, right? And we're family. Yeah. Ever since 2005, ever since they put the siege on Gaza, I haven't been able to leave. You haven't seen me for almost 20 years, 19 years, 18 years. At some point, you can't keep a people caged. Like, you can't even keep a bird caged, put in a cage for so long Not before that enough. bird wants to fly, wants to spread its wings. So do me a favor. Let's step back for a mm -hmm. second. Explain to people. Great story. Great analogy. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Explain to people in that story, who is the person, who is the group, yeah. which group is the one that, Went on the couch, took over the house, and then which group are in that example? Me and Katie getting stuck in yeah. the basement. So that way people can put two real put terms two and two in together. Right? Yeah. While I do a so, few reps <laughs> of the bench. So, so Adam and Katie would be the Palestinians. Okay. And then the guys crash, or whoever's the friend crashing on the couch would essentially be the Israelis. Okay. So, um, and I, and I know once I start this, we're going down down a deep rabbit hole. But essentially, after the after the Holocaust happened, um, the Zionist movement, which is a sect from the Jewish religion decided that they wanted their homeland. In the United Nations, uh, in the United Nations, they offered them several countries. Uganda being one of them, Argentina being one of them, a portion of California being another, and Madagascar as well. The Zionist entity wanted Palestine, you know, because to them in, in, in the Torah and in their religion, they're, they used to live in Palestine for sure. But what people conflate is they think the same way I'm a Muslim, I'm also an Arab. The same way you're, I'll put it in a different way for, for people to better understand. The same way you're a Christian, you're an American. Huh. Same way I'm a Muslim, I'm an American, right? You can be a religion and be from a land, huh. right? Yeah. So nobody's saying that Jews never lived on that land, 100%, but they were Jewish Arabs. They were Jewish Palestinians. The same way I'm a Muslim Palestinian, the same way I'm a Muslim American, right? And I think people conflate the two very very easily and i think that's where the conversation turns into a lot of the times into an argument because because people will be like oh well it's written in our holy book that this is our land but who were your ancestors your ancestors didn't come from europe right. your ancestors were here because they grew from the land they came from the land here but in in that sense the same way that the arabs came from the land the same way that back in the day was the the philistines the canaanites okay you were canaanite jews Right. Same way I became a Palestinian Muslim. There are Palestinian Christians. There are Palestinian Jews. And what what happens is until you take that step or until an individual, whoever is listening, takes that step to really look at what's happening on the ground, then you'll truly understand who's the victim or who's the oppressed and who's the oppressor. Yeah. Right. And when you look at a people and you have an entire army, an air force, a navy, um, the entire world backing you in terms of global superpowers. But then you look at people that are trying to preserve the land and trying to defend the land. And what, like we watch in any movie, right? Who's the bad guy and who's the good guy in Avatar? And we're talking about like the, not Avatar the cartoon, but Avatar the movie. You're going to laugh because I haven't seen the movie. Are you going, is this where you're going with it? Like 
it's all about perspective, who's good and who's bad. Yeah. I, because I, because in, in, in a history, they always say America was the good guys, but to the Indians, we're the worst people in the world, yeah, right? Which, yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so I think the picture that we're the good guy, they're the bad guy. But, but I think nobody understood that at the time till we were so far removed. And I think now because of social media and because of the powers that be and because of like the information that we have access to, I don't think it'll take 20 years, 30 years for somebody to be like, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's been going on for 75 plus years. But again, we're in the day and age now, say the last decade, where a lot of it has been very publicized and yeah. very vocalized. And you have the people on the ground showing. So this is this is something that I'll, that I'll say. You have one side telling you what's going on and you have the other side physically showing you the shelling and the bombings and the killing and the sniping for example something i've read a lot about is something like this is a good example we blew up a hospital because we thought terrorists were in there there ends up there's no terrorists and a bunch of very innocent people died Mm -hmm. am i right like that's what's going on right yeah but they'll say oh there are terrorists in there like it feels like you know there's a message that's being that's being um twisted yeah right this was our agenda. No, your agenda was to kill innocent people. Yeah, that... for sure. And, and it's like, my thing is this. like, And that's a very uneducated. I'm not educated. Yeah, no, I'm just like, telling you what I read. <laughs> exactly. But like you go through that and like you'll see like, and again, social media and where we're at in a day and age. One slip up, man, and it all goes through. But what we've seen is countless slip ups from high level executives or high level governments, uh, um, uh, government, uh, how do I say it? Politicians or or people within the Israeli government, like before they, they bombed the hospital, oh, we hit a hospital with terrorists. The minute they found out that it was all civilians, they deleted the tweet. They said, oh, we hit this by mistake. Or, and then it became, oh, we never hit it. Yeah. Oh, it was never our rocket. Oh, it was a rocket from them that failed. But when it happened and you were happy about it, you posted it. Right. Luckily, we screenshotted it. Yeah. Now you're trying to backtrack. And that in itself, for me as a people, like imagine... We take it, take it, take it to a way dumbed down level. You're in a relationship. Your girlfriend tells you, oh, I'm with my girls. We're staying in. We're not doing anything. I'm not going anywhere. She accidentally or one of her friends accidentally posts them at the club and she's kissing some guy. Do you believe the evidence or do you believe what was said? That's, that's a great analogy. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how else for people. But again, like. For me, what I had to realize, especially what are we, 113 days into this, right? Very clearly a genocide. I had to, within the first 30 days to 60 days, I was upset with a lot of people. I was upset with a lot of people that I held very closely to my heart and I was very close friends with because I knew that had the roles been reversed and it was something that they were going through and they felt strongly about, I would speak up about it as well. Because right. if you're hurting, I'm hurting, yeah. right? But I had to step back and realize that I'm way more invested. I have way more skin in the game than they do. And up until, and God forbid, I don't wish this on my worst enemy, right. that ever happens to their people, no, I would be there. Yeah. And I, again, I had to take that step back because there comes a lot of scrutiny with talking about this topic. It's not an easy topic it's to just talk about. Yeah. It's yeah. a very sensitive topic. And, and then we appreciate you bringing it up and, and yeah. being able to talk about it because it's going on. I know it's going on. And I'll say this from someone's perspective who I have a lot of Muslim friends, you know, yeah. this, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. You see a lot of posts, you see a lot of on social media, the news. And like, I'm so far removed in like so far out of the game on what's going on. Yeah. I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to bring it up. All I want to 
all I want to do is say, Hey man, I'm really sorry. Like, would you educate me on this? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry that you're going through this. Yeah. I don't have empathy. I have sympathy because yeah. I can't relate to it. So, so I'll put it to you this way. That means more to us than anything else because we've dealt with this cause for so long and not being able to truly talk about it that now we're finally able to give ourselves a voice because of social media yeah. that for us to talk about it, like I've had so many friends where they're like, Hey, honestly, man, it's not that I don't care, but I have no skin in the game. Yeah. I don't know how this affects me. Yeah. Right. How do I help? How, not even how do I help, like, but like more so like, how do I interpret this? How do, how do, how do I absorb this information? How, what can I absorb to kind of somewhat have a conversation about it? Just in case I'm at a family dinner and it gets brought up and my uncle's like, how do you feel about it? Yeah. Like, or, or not even that you have an uncle or a family member that's talking down on the victims of what's going yeah. on. Right. Yeah. And to be able to have that means more to us than for you just to blindly post stuff. Definitely. Right. Cause I, I think it goes to show that you're curious. Not only you're curious, but you understand our humanity. Yeah. I mean, think about this, dude. We get to come here to the gym and get nice cars, right? I'm not on the way to the gym thinking, I really hope I don't get bombed on the way to yeah. the gym. Yeah. Or, or, I, like, I cannot imagine. And I, was, I served in the military. Yeah. Right? But I could not imagine living in that world. Yeah. Why? Of course. Right? Of course. It's like, or it's like, think about the guy where it's like, we talked about tuna melts, right? Yeah. Think about you going to the grocery store to grab your tuna, your bread, whatever you need. Come home, you don't even have a home. Yeah. Like there's a story where um, from Gaza recently, a father's, uh, his, his home got bombed, right? Yeah. Pushed to rubble. He was able to get his kids out. And I, I don't think he was able to get his wife out. He took his son to the hospital, same hospital that got bombed. This was earlier on in the war. And um, he was like, I took my son to the hospital. The doctor said he would be okay. He was getting surgery done. I went to go try and figure out who else we could get from under the house. Because mind you, houses back home aren't like houses here. Houses here, we build horizontally, right? And, and back home, there's not, Gaza is, is like the size of Lake Michigan, like the Lakeshore Drive. Hey, we got, got to go upwards. So it's like you have, say, say, like we're brothers and we're living in our parents' house. You get the third floor. I build the fourth floor. Our sister builds the sixth floor, yeah. right? We just have to bring the groceries, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. it's like now it's like imagine this guy's going back to his house trying to dig not only his wife, but maybe his in-law, his, his grandkids. And there's no excavators. There's no – he's digging with hands on rubble, like throwing rocks, right? And you finish doing that all day or say for two hours, you have no luck. You go back to the hospital. The guy's like, I went back to the, he, I went back to see my son. I didn't find my son, the doctor, the hospital, or any other nurses. Nothing. How do you deal with that trauma? Like, how do you expect that person to then say, okay, I want to go shake hands with the same guy that did this to us? Right. And, and yeah. yeah. And put it all behind us like nothing happened. For sure. I think that's a very big thing that in the height of everything going on that people don't put themselves in those shoes and in those circumstances because we are privileged we're very privileged in the sense to be where we're at and not have to worry about these things and and for me over the last 112 days 113 days has been something that i like wake up and i thank god for every day yeah. like we have the luxury to open our phones and if we don't like what we see we can just shut the app, turn over the phone, and act like nothing's happened. Live in a safe little world. Live in La La Land. In, 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 
yeah, as oblivious as possible. Yeah. And and to me, it's like seeing that, not only seeing obviously what I went through this year of losing my father, but seeing that on top of it oh. made me truly understand how fleeting this world is, right? And how we chase such a materialistic world when in this when in reality, bro, it's like we talked about. How can I be a, a better son? Yeah. How can I be a better brother? How can I be a better friend? How can I be present with my time with people? Exactly. About, right? So like now you're watching this guy carry his kids and the remains, not even his kids, the remains of his kids in plastic bags. And you can't even go get groceries. Like you can't look at groceries the same anymore. Because yeah. to you, a grocery bag full of nutrition and what's going to build your muscles yeah. is another kid's, another man's child that he's carrying. Right. And to me, it's like that absolutely changed my perspective on, on life. and. And on not only what joy is, but what sorrow is as well. Right. Like, no matter how, like we talked before we started the pod, is like, with, with hardship comes ease. And no matter how hard we think our lives are, like, that's not even a fraction. <laughs> of, and me and you have been through some things in yeah, life, but right. like, that is like, a, that's sand. That's like a grain of salt compared to what these people are going For through. Sure. Sure. Um, and I think just just being able to have that conversation and show people the 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 level of indifference that we see in this world and how different our worlds are, while we're not that not that different as human beings, is is I think probably in a lack of better terms and in a lack of like in in a really sensitive way, I think it's shown us how like how similar we are you know but also how different how completely different our lives are it is always amazing how two people can watch the same thing going on and have totally different totally different it fascinates me i mean that's why we like to talk that's why we like to do things like this uh thank you for contextualizing all that i do want to end on a um oh well the building's old we got ghosts in here (laughs) i do want to end on this uh thank you so much for coming on the pod appreciate you Uh, again another shout out for having this idea you won't be the first you won't be the last person that I do a workout with, but I definitely want to have you on again. Always, uh, always welcome. Always happy to be here. Man. Definitely, man. And, and you know, everything you were uh, very honest about and open about, like seeing you go through your struggles, man, it's just motivating to me. Appreciate happy to have you on here, yeah. giving your stories. Anyone listening, you can follow this man. What is your handle on social media? Uh, amino acid underscore 17. I love that amino yeah. acid. I mean, it fits perfectly. I'm essential for your guys' lives. <laughs> follow me, man. Follow me. <laughs> we'll definitely have you on again. Um, keep with the dude. And, like, you know, I just love you, man. Yeah, like, always. You're like always, a little brother. A big, always. big, tall, long arm. Can't spot your brother. Uh, and just, hey, man, for real. Thank always. You. Always a pleasure being here. Always thank you for, for looking out for me and, I mean, this guy. I'll, I'll call him every couple months randomly. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about really deep things, and then he'll go on his way in life. I'll go on my way, and then somehow we come back together. So, I know this won't be the last time, and I'm sure we'll we'll have other workouts not being mic'd up. Oh yeah, man. Always, always a pleasure.